Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since saying food and frightening film fanatics is hard, so F4 is a much easier way to go. This podcast is about two of our favorite things, food and scary movies. Before we begin, a few disclaimers that we mention every week. Number one, we'll review one movie each week and Michelle will come up with a food based on the themes of that movie. Number two, we are not experts on anything, which I'm sure is painfully obvious. Number three, we're trying to keep these fairly short since, like you, we will become distracted and wandered away if they're too long. And number four, and I always think this goes without saying, but just in case, heavy spoilers ahead. If you've not seen these movies, turn back now. So, having said all that, this week's episode is slightly different. Michelle is not able to make it since we're having a big snowstorm in Cleveland, so you're stuck with me this week. And this week, instead of doing um, a specific film or franchise, I thought we would go over the most common horror tropes. I know we've touched on them with other reviews, but I thought it might be a good time to just review the main ones. So I've come up with 18. Um, You might have more on your own. If so, please put them in the reviews because I'd be very interested to see them. Um, and just a reminder, a trope is like something that happens very often. Um, like I'm sure it occurs in all genres, but in horror genres, it's especially prevalent because, um, the plot is so similar in a lot of these movies. So anybody that watches horror movies know that the same basic plot elements keep coming up over and over and over again. So. Uh, let's hit the first one. The first one is probably the most popular one, and that is The Final Girl. So The Final Girl is um, usually someone who's smart, pretty, but not overly so, and virginal. Uh, You can usually tell who The Final Girl is in the first 10 minutes of any movie. I know we mentioned this in Black Christmas, and I was kind of thrown off a little bit by who the final girl was. That's always fun if you pick someone to be the final girl and it doesn't end up being them. So um, the ultimate final girl is really Jamie Lee Curtis, who is Laurie Strode, of course, from Halloween. So she is the ultimate final girl. There also is Ellen Ripley from Alien. So she's probably my number two pick. Um, And then... Probably number three would be Nancy Thompson from Nightmare on Elm Street. And in case you couldn't tell from um, the name, the final girl is the usually the last person to survive in a horror movie. Everybody else can get killed, and she's the one left standing. So that's the final girl. Number two is first-person killer perspective. Again, we talked about this in Black Christmas, but basically it's seeing the action of the movie through the killer's eyes. So in Black Christmas at the beginning, we saw uh, from the killer's eyes him enter the house and then find a place to hide. Uh, Probably the most famous example of this is when a young Michael Myers has on his Halloween costume and we see through his mask as he enters the house, he goes to get a knife and then goes to stab his sister. So the great thing about the first-person killer perspective is that... um, It shows us the action, of course, from that person, but also we don't see the killer. And by not seeing the killer, it makes that person, creature, whatever it is, that much scarier um, because we don't know what they're doing. 
So that is first-person killer's perspective. Um, number three, death by sex. And again, the title is per pretty self-explanatory. So basically that is if you're in a horror movie and you have sex or you aren't a, vir aren't a virgin, odds are you're going to die a horrible, painful death. Um, probably the best examples of these are Friday the 13th, Scream, and Halloween. And Scream, uh, it should be noted that Scream is really the first major break with the requirement that the final girl be a virgin. So that's Death by Sex. Number four, abandoned locations. As you know, many, many horror movies take place in mental asylums, orphanages, old houses, warehouses, abandoned castles, you name it, any abandoned lo location that uh, people can go to. So examples of these are uh, Session 9, The Shining, uh, An Abandoned Hotel, The Haunting, uh, The House on Haunted Hill. Um, Obviously, that makes that a lot scarier because it wouldn't have the same effect if you were in, you know, downtown New York. Um, so, abandoned places. Number five, hiding in stupid places. And this trope is, of course, related to the previous one because in all these abandoned locations, what do stupid people do? They run and hide in the places where they cannot escape from, namely, usually the attic or the basement which obviously has one exit and the killer is probably there and either has no windows or little tiny windows. So uh, hiding in stupid places should be avoided at all costs. The other, the other places people will hide is under the bed or in the closet with those little, uh, what are those like French doors that have the slats in them, which were the first two places that the killer looks, under the bed and in the closet. So I think those should be ruled out as places to hide. And examples of these obviously include Black Christmas, Psycho, and lots of other movies. Number six, lots and lots of blood. Um, the hero can suffer numerous stabbings, gunshots, um, dismemberment, you name it, and still rally in the end, even though they probably shouldn't even have their, any blood left in their body after that. So... Uh, that tends to take me out of the movie somewhat and that when someone is injured, I'd like to see that there are some th effects of them being injured. Sorry, that was the cat. Um, some effects of them being injured instead of them, you know, being shot through the chest and then at the end just like, you know, just walk away or walk to the ambulance or something. So this happens in lots and lots of horror movies, but I'd like to see something a little more realistic. Number seven, jump scares. We all know what those are. So those are... You know, we are programmed for jump scares in horror movies at this point. But what I personally would like to see is, you know, either false jump scares, which some movies have done, or not have a soundtrack around those things so that you can just be scared when something happens. Um, so, because there's way too many jump scares in movies, and it's a cheap way to scare people, let's face it. So, um, that was number seven. Number eight... No cell phone reception or the battery is dead. So all, all horror movies, as we said, occur in abandoned places where there is no cell phone reception. So you're on your own. Um, or people's batteries die and they did not think to bring a backup battery or they can't use it. They don't have a charger for their car or any number of things. But um, 
obviously this has to be written into horror movies because it would it's so much easier to get help now that everybody has a cell phone than it would have been done previously so you have to find a way in a movie to isolate the victims so uh, examples of this include jeepers creepers the strangers strangers was a really good example and drag me to hell number nine back from the dead so we know that in a horror movie the killer is never dead the killer is going to look like he, she, it is dead in the end, but it's not going to be dead. And it's going to pop up again and either kill the person or run off so there can be a sequel. So um, when the final girl or whoever is trying to kill uh, the main character, they should probably double tap them in the head, which means shoot them twice in the head just to make sure. Because usually what they do is shoot them once, stab them once, then go over to the body and look at them, in which case the killer pops up and strangles them. But um, I'm not sure the double tap to the head would work for some horror movies because some of those killers like Freddy, Jason, uh, and Michael Myers seem to be unstoppable, but still good plan just in case. So double tap to the head. Um, let's see, number 10. And this is the one that drives me crazy. Women in horror movies inexplicably fall down all the time. It's often while they're scantily clad, running through the woods, and looking behind them. I have no idea why. It just drives me crazy. You know, the prime example of this is Friday the 13th. But my suggestion would be, ladies, to get some sensible shoes and keep those on at all times and not look behind you when you're running. That way you'll be able to get away from the killer instead of suffering a horrible, painful death. Um, yeah. Um, also, for some reason, no matter how fast the person running away from the killer is running, the killer is slowly meandering along and manages to catch up. So how that works, I don't know, except you have to have somebody fall down so you can catch up with them. So this happens in every slasher movie on the planet. It really drives me crazy. So, um, sensible shoes. Number 11. Your house is built on a cemetery and or Indian burial ground. No one knows the history of the house where you have just bought and moved into until the trouble starts. And then either the couple finds out from an old next-door neighbor or someone nearby the horrific events that occurred in the house, or they go to the library and look at microfish, which I'm not sure anybody knows how to do these days, um, to find out that, you know, the house is built on Indian burial ground, poltergeist, or... Um, you know, 27 people were killed in the house or, you know, all sorts of craziness. So, um, my advice would be to research the history of the house you are moving into before you do it. Um, oh, and the other prime example of that, of course, is Amityville Horror. And Amityville Horror, of course, is, um, a true, based on a true story in terms of the son killing the entire family. Now, uh, and then blaming it on his sister or the mob or who knows, he's changed his story 500 times. But um, the, then the family that moved into the house after that, you know, depends on who you ask as to whether that stuff really happened or not. But the event that uh, supposedly haunted the house actually occurred. So it's a very interesting story if you haven't um, checked that out. 
let's see, we are at number 12. The car won't start or you can't find the keys. As we've mentioned before, uh, all of these things occur in abandoned locations. You have no cell phone reception and then your car won't start so you can't get away. So uh, my advice is look under the visor because some reason people keep their keys there. I'm not sure any normal people do, but in movies they keep they seem to keep a lot of keys there. Um, if that doesn't work, again, I'm going to reference sensible shoes. So you could try to run away or briskly walk away from the location. Um, if worst case scenario, get in the car and lock the doors. Uh, that way at least you'll have a little bit of protection until someone comes and breaks the windows out. So examples of these include Cujo, Halloween, Scream, and Jeepers Creepers. Number 13, the calls are coming from inside the house. This trope doesn't apply as much these days as it used to since, like I said, everybody's got a cell phone. Um, but it was good for some really uh, fun scares a couple years ago. And examples of that include, obviously, When a Stranger Calls, which is the big one, uh, Black Christmas. Um, now, you know, everybody, everybody's got a cell phone and nobody has a landline, so this one really doesn't apply much anymore. Uh, number 14, let's split up. If anyone suggests this in a horror movie, never, ever do it. I think it's derived from when the Scooby-Doo gang, um, was splitting up looking for the killer, although none of them ever managed to get killed. So, but it's really, really bad advice. You know, the second somebody says that in a horror movie, everybody's about to die. It's just a matter of what order they're going to die in. Um... I don't need to list all the examples of that because it's pretty much every movie. Um, number 15, Mirror, Mirror. When in a horror movie, never ever open the medicine cabinet because when you close it, the killer or demon or vampire or clown or whatever it is will be behind you in the mirror. Um, I don't even like to do it, you know, myself just because I've seen too many horror movies. I like to know what's behind me at all times. So the prime example of this is Candyman, uh, American Werewolf in London, The Ring, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Number 16, The Surprise Killer. So if the killer is not some random psycho that we don't know, such as in Halloween and Friday the 13th, it is probably most likely the person in the movie that is least suspected. So that's why I'm suspicious of everyone, no matter how minor the role. Because if it's a good movie, they should take the person that really no one at all would suspect and make that the killer. Obviously, it's not the first person they suspect or probably the second person. It's kind of like a, the Law & Order SVU approach. You know that the first person they encounter is not the killer or perpetrator because it's too early in the sh for the show to be done. So... Um, I, I enjoy this trope if it's done well. Um, number 17, which is related to number 16, which is killer kids. Um, sure, kids are innocent, but they also, uh, can, uh, obviously wreak some major havoc in horror movies. They may be possessed by a demon, or they may just be evil little munchkins, um, or they may be the Antichrist. We don't want to forget that one. So examples of that include The Omen, obviously, um, Exorcist, an excellent one, The Good Son, Bad Seed, Village of the Damned, 
and one of my favorites, Children of the Corn. So, um, Killer Kids Done Well is a lot of fun. Because uh, they, mainly because they freak out adults so much. Number 18, I'll be right back. Don't ever say this in a horror movie because you are guaranteed not to be right back. Uh, that goes along with the let's split up. So, don't ever say that. Um, let's see. What else did I have here? I think I have these a little bit out of order. Let's see. Nope, I think that was the last one. I'll be right back. Because um, that was number 18. So, in conclusion, my advice to you in a horror movie is keep your mouth shut, never say you'll be right back, never split up, stay with the group, wear sensible shoes at all times, don't look behind you when you run, uh, don't have sex with anyone, um, and hopefully... You, if odds are good, you will be the final girl so that you have a chance to survive. Um, also, I just heard of another horror trope yesterday, which is um, the dead wet girl that apparently is prevalent in Japanese horror movies or J-horror. Um, I haven't investigated that much, but I was watching Dark Water, and I saw someone referencing that and also The Ring. Um, so I'm sure... Uh, we could probably do another episode on horror tropes that are specific to certain countries because you got, you know, J-horror, Japanese horror, K-horror, U.S. horror, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, um, and lastly, since Michelle is out, we don't have a recipe this week, but I would advise since it's snowing and very, very cold here to have something warm. Um, I just had some popcorn and that hit the spot. So until next week. Um, don't get caught dead in a horror movie and hopefully follow those words of advice so that doesn't happen and we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.